Hey, I'm Rachel. I found Dr. Heidi's podcast when I needed it most, as I was leaving an emotionally abusive marriage. Dr. Heidi validated my experience, made me feel less alone, and helped me start the healing that I could not have done alone. Dr. Heidi is now offering an exclusive members-only podcast, where you can submit your questions, listen to others going through similar struggles, and hear Dr. Heidi's never-before-shared personal story. To learn more, go to www.itsnotnormalitstoxic.com. Join her members-only podcast. It's only $15 a month to get two bonus episodes every week, plus the chance to ask your questions to Dr. Heidi. Go to www.itsnotnormalitstoxic.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Dr. Heidi. As I always say, because who else would it be? It's Dr. Heidi. Um, I have been looking long and hard to be able to find a guest that could address the topic that I want to address today. I kind of cornered her. So there's been zero planning and we're just going to wing it. But I want her to be able to talk about what a toxic relationship, toxic marriage looks like from a child's perspective. And anybody that I work with, the biggest concern in leaving a toxic marriage is the kids. We do not want our kids to come from a broken home. We don't want to be the one that split up the family, that broke up the family unit. We don't want to only have our kids half the time. We don't want uh, them to have our kids half the time. We don't want our kids to be put in the middle. We don't want our kids to be used as pawns. We don't want our kids to think badly of us when the toxic person badmouths us. And so we stay. And as I've said several times on the podcast, I stayed because I thought I was protecting my kids. And in the end, I couldn't protect them even, even though I was there. And so I have finally gotten someone who can give the perspective of being a child, being a child that is in a relationship that is clearly unhealthy without knowing it's unhealthy because that is all she ever knew. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for just doing this spur of the moment thing. I know this is a serious topic. And if I would have let you plan it, um, you probably would have gotten nervous and backed out. So we'll just jump right in. And again, since since we didn't plan, if you have to think okay. about answers, that's totally fine. From my understanding, the relationship between your parents was was pretty volatile. It was pretty bad. There was a lot of fighting, a lot of yelling, um, a lot of tense, a lot of walking on eggshells. Yeah. Um, what what is why don't you just tell why don't you just tell us what it felt like or what your thought process was when when you were in that it it's kind of hard to say because i from day one growing up i would just always been in it so you don't realize it until you're out of it that everything was as bad as it was I just, I remember waking up every day and just hoping it was a good day. You hoped you didn't have to go work on something because it always ended in a fight. You hoped that maybe today he'll just sit on the couch all day and we won't have any blow up or screaming matches or. So what, what made it a good day? Usually if he didn't, if he wasn't involved was usually when it was a good day, but it was, 
it was whenever you'd done something good or you'd gotten this whole fence line built. So now you, now that your dog tired, now you can go watch a movie or go to the movies. It was usually the rewards for how much you had gone through in a week, I guess. Or like birthdays were usually good. I don't know. Good days were so far and few between. It's hard to even say him not there. Great day. So, so you always based how you felt off of how he treated you or the mood he was in yep. or. Yep. It was very, you kind of waited to see what kind of day it was going to be based on him. If he was in a good laughing, joking mood, you could be in a good laughing, joking move mood. But as soon as you have that change in it, you would think everything was fine. And unbeknownst to you, he can't find his wallet. And so now your whole good day just got thrown away because he can't find his wallet. And so you decided you were going to make another joke because you're in this joking mood and then you're in trouble. So it was very much based on him and his mood and what was going right or wrong that day. Or if you were in the line of fire that day, if you could stay out of the line of fire that day, it wasn't a bad day for you. It might've been a bad day for whoever it was your sister, your brother, your mom, or some people I understand it's your mom and not your dad. I mean, it's, very much based on where their head is at and where their emotions are at that day. And so when you talk about how you decided to make one more joke because everything was just in a in a good spot and then all of a sudden he misplaced his wallet so it was in a bad spot. Um, did you feel like that inconsistency and that unpredictability carried throughout yeah. your childhood? And it and it did and it's also really tough because I didn't like in this scenario I've built now. I didn't know he couldn't find his wallet. So then the reason he got mad was because I told that joke. And then now it's, well, maybe I should, shouldn't joke because oh, clearly that's made him upset. But now. you're, you're saying that you didn't, you didn't realize he was missing his wallet. So the joke didn't have anything to do with him yeah. losing his wallet. It was just, oh, we were having fun a minute ago. And now we're not because I clearly that last thing that I did, it's a lot of blaming yourself. See, that, I was just going to say, so then how, how did you feel after you told that joke and then we're in trouble? So then it's, oh, like immediately you have to fix something or yeah. try and make him happy or disappear or. Usually it was, if you, I would go silent. I just wouldn't talk. And that is actually carried into adulthood now that I'm, that's something I'm working through. If it got intense or fighting or screaming, i found it best for myself, I would completely shut down. I wouldn't say anything. I would, if he asked me to do something, I'd do it kind of thing. But I just, cause everything, then it turns into everything you say, now you're in trouble for it. So then it's really hard to, it's the walking on eggshells feeling cause you don't know if that joke that you made five minutes ago is gonna make him mad today or tomorrow, or you could tell it tomorrow and he might think it's funny, mm -hmm. but then it's hard to, connect that as a kid you don't realize all these other things are happening so as a kid you just completely blame your well as a kid i completely blame myself and then that's where i would just go completely silent and i just found it best if i didn't say anything so so in this scenario you're you're talking about obviously your father being the the toxic one yeah um, and as we know, we all have toxic traits. We all have the capability of being toxic. So not that we're pointing a ton of fingers, but, um, when you 
now, and I realize that you're grown now and your perspectives have changed and you're in a very healthy place right now, but can you please describe for me how you saw your mom when you were little? That's tough. My mom was a really, is a really strong woman and she put up with a lot of crap. And it was, when I hung out with my mom, we always laughed and giggled and we always had the best times. And then it would be like, he would come around and you, you could just see, she was scared all the time. It was really hard for me to see because as a kid, I don't think I could ever see that like the fun, laughing, joking parent that I always had around. And then as soon as he would come around, then it just completely took the light out of her eyes. And it was, it was hard to watch. And I don't, I don't necessarily remember everything. Cause I think your brain blocks a lot of that out over the years, but it was really, cause I, I knew it was because of him, but it was really hard to see somebody that loves to laugh and jokes and is funny just completely get everything ripped away because he's in a bad mood or because i mean it could just be him being around and it was it was really hard to watch so was there times when you thought uh, obviously because other kids in your class and stuff were probably divorced were your was there times that you thought why why do we have to have this in our house why are we fighting all the time why don't they get divorced did you ever think why are they together there was one time that i don't remember what was going on but he used to take my sister and i to school and there was one time where he would leave for work and he wasn't taking my sister and i to school and it happened for about a week and then he drove us home one night and he asked us what we thought if our mom was the only one around and I remember thinking, oh my God, they're going to get divorced. This is going to be great. And I remember I, they didn't get divorced at that time, but I remember thinking this would be the best thing in the world because we wouldn't have to be around him all the time. Our mom could finally move on. They didn't get divorced at the time. Later they did, but I wanted... I remember there was a girl in fifth grade that her parents were getting divorced and I just wanted mine to get divorced so bad. My mom could have been happy. We wouldn't have had to live like that anymore. So that's, that's interesting. And it's, it's 100% imperative that the listeners hear this because there are people out there that are staying for the kids because they think it's best for the kids and they, they don't want to break up the family. And, and what you're saying is at a very young age, you you wished that your parents got divorced. Yeah, I mean, I was I was probably in second or third grade, and I I remember that, and I remember having that feeling of just, oh no, please. But then at the same time, for me as the kid, he was still my dad, so obviously I didn't like it, but all of a sudden now he wasn't taking me to school and doing these little things that I got to do with him every day. Cause he was still my dad. I still loved him, but at the same time, our house was so calm. And for the first time we had dinners that weren't 
didn't end in somebody was in trouble and we had movie night and we had just these nice calm things that were very foreign to us because there wasn't a lot of the calmness in our house. So this was a time, did he leave for a while or? I don't know that he moved out or anything. I can't remember. I just remember he wasn't taking us to school and it was kind of like we were living in a house, but, and he was there, but not there as our parent. I'm pretty sure he actually just ignored us. That's interesting. Must have had something else going on. Um, okay. So, so if, if you could, if you could talk to the people who are in these relationships right now that are thinking about what's best for the kids. And I know you're not an expert, obviously. I don't expect you to come up with some big scientific solution. From a kid's perspective, what would you what would you have wanted to say to your mom and dad? Because really you were too scared to say anything and you knew it wasn't your place to say, I think you should get divorced. But but just for the listeners who have kids that are are seeing the same things that you saw growing up, what would you what would you tell them from a kid's perspective? Get divorced. Neither neither of my parents growing up were happy with each other or he was never happy, but neither of them were happy together. And I I would Oh man, this is a tough one. <laughs> well, well, we'll just so that you don't get um, stuck. So let's say, um, I know from your story, uh, your parents did get divorced. Yes. Um, your parents did get divorced, but, but your mom was still very around. Yes. Did you think that was weird? Yeah. And I think from a, cause from a kid's perspective, you don't really understand the ins and outs of being divorced or married or separated or anything like that. I always just remember thinking they didn't really get divorced because it was so still cohesive. Yeah. I mean, we had, they had two separate houses, but it didn't really feel like anybody was living separate. So then even after the divorce, the fighting continued and the yeah. tenseness continued. And, yeah. and so it was, even though my mom wasn't living at the house with him anymore, cause there was a time where she actually got her own apartment and then she had her own condo and, um, I remember still her life was still 100% controlled by him. And so it was, I just remember thinking that we're not doing anything different. We just get asleep somewhere else because we, we really weren't, it didn't feel like we were, it still felt like everybody was fighting all the time. And I think as a kid, you look for that calmness mm -hmm. in life because you need something stable in your life growing up and trying to, now I lost what word I was going to say. Um, Peace, maybe? Yeah, you're trying to grow up. You're trying to find yourself. And it's really hard to do that whenever you're surrounded by fighting and all of this just disastrous 24-7. So that's interesting that Shallow said this because I always preach to my clients when they're thinking of leaving and they're, they're wanting to stay because of the kids. Um, your kids, you can, you can agree with me or not agree with me. Your kids in that place do not have 
a calm place, a stable place, a peaceful place, a place where they're loved unconditionally, a place where they're not used against the other person. Whereas if you leave, you have the ability to provide them with a calm, stable, peaceful place where they're loved unconditionally 50% of the time. And that is 50% of the time. That's 50% more than they have right now. And, and that perspective for people is huge. So would you agree with that? Yeah, it was. So I actually, when my mom did finally move, she moved States. I moved with her first and then I went back and I lived with my dad. Worst mistake ever. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that. So your mom left. Yeah. Okay. What, how, what did that look like? I was very, I remember it being abrupt. I kind of, I feel like I remember, I kind of knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know when, but I knew that I was going to go with mom. I was in fifth grade and I remember I was going with her. Okay. So your mom moved and how did you end up back at your dad's? I don't really know. (laughs) Um, Nope. I spent two years with my mom and then a lot of texting back and forth, a lot of, it's so much better up here. Look what I have. Look what this is. Don't you miss all your friends here? Don't you miss this and that? And you know, that dog that you love is still here. And it was all these things that were now in front of me. And then I was supposed to go there for a weekend in the summer. And he was like, isn't, hasn't this been so great? Don't you love it here? Don't you love all these people here? You know, I've really missed you over the last two years. And so I think out of feeling like I had left and feeling guilty that I had left him up there and it felt like I was leaving him by himself, I moved back in with my dad. And it was a rough five years, I think. It was a rough five years. So, so then how, how were you able to get out of there? Because you're up and on your own and on your own life now. Well, um, like, did you just, did you just know that at some point you did, did he look different when your mom wasn't there? Like, or did, did like the control and stuff just trickle down to the kids? Because that's, that's what. I had experienced. Yeah. That it, it didn't for, cause it, whenever I first went up there and I had moved up there, it was, you know, you can do your own thing. You can do this. You can go hang out with all your friends. And then all of a sudden I told him I was moved moving up there and that I was enrolled in school and everything. And then all of a sudden that flip came, you turned off the switch or turned on the switch that switch flipped. And then all of a sudden I was doing the dishes and I was taking care of 20 cows and 18 horses and everything was my responsibility. And I was working at the off at his office with him. And it was, it was very much, you felt like the housewife of the house as a kid. And it was very, he could sit and do whatever he wanted, but I had 27 different things that I had to make sure got done because he wasn't going to do them. And I was supposed to. So did, did you feel like, could you relate better to how your mom felt? Yeah. And did you feel like you were ever going to get out of there? 
no. I remember being in high school and people asking what I was going to do for college and I had no idea because I was like, well, he's never going to let me move away or out of that house ever. There was, I pretty much thought there I'd be there for the rest of my life. So how was your, how was your, your view and your relationship with your mom during that time? I didn't talk to her. What was there a reason was your mom angry with you that you went back or no, what I don't think my mom has ever been angry with me well maybe maybe sometimes but I don't think my mom was ever angry with me I got he he told me a lot that at the time I believe now I know it's not true whatsoever but he told me a lot of horrible things about my mom and that she never wanted me and she didn't ever want kids and that's why she moved away and she's her horrible things and then all of a sudden like it was just kind of like well if she really doesn't want me then i'm not gonna talk to her and yeah i didn't talk to my mom for pretty well all of five years and it was we have a good relationship now but it it was really, I had him in my ear telling me all these things that wasn't good or wasn't, well, it wasn't good about my mom. And it just made me feel like I had this different perspective on her now. And then it was kind of like, well, maybe my mom's this horrible person. And so then after that, he pretty much had me up there. So, so then, uh, when you finally left, um, what made you go, yeah, I have to get out of here? Like what made you go enough is enough? I think it was just kind of, it was a compiled list of things. And it, it just all of a sudden one day, it literally just feels like what in the bleep am I still doing here? I was 17, so I couldn't really, I had tried to leave before. And because I was 17, nobody, they always made me go back. I say they, but um, it was one day I was like, yeah, I am not doing this anymore. And so then where I, did you go? I went to my mom's. And how did your mom receive you after, after five years of no, almost no contact? Open arms. Did you know that that's how it would be? No. I was really scared because I'd I'd said a lot of things to my mom in that time too that was not not nice and not things that should I should have had to ask for forgiveness for and I just never had to. Um. But I was I was scared. I was worried that I was going to move down down in with her, and I was worried that. I was just going to be this kind of outsider, I guess. And then as soon as I got here, it was, we'd, we'd never missed a beat. And we were the same laughing funny that I remember whenever I was 13. Yeah. And, and I think too, that, that part of that, um, has to do, you know, your mom was out for a while. So she realized, um, she knew a lot more about it. And I think, the other thing was my mom had already gone through it. She'd already had to leave. She'd already known 
I had no idea that the things that I deal with now, I was still going to have to deal with, or yeah, I was still going to have to be dealing with some of these things now that I had no idea that I would be dealing with. And, and your mom helps you deal with those things now, like triggers and stuff. Yes. And I remember, I am super thankful that my mom did leave when she did, because by the time that I had figured it out, I say figured it out, but got the courage to leave and not really look back. Um, she was able to help me through everything that I had gone through. And what does your mom do today? Um, well, right now she's recording a podcast with me. <laughs> so for the list me with her. <laughs> so for the listeners who haven't figured out, this is my middle, my youngest. Now I'm getting tears. My youngest daughter. Um, and we have never been on the podcast and how have we, we have never talked about her perspective and the things that she went through. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. But those of you who are struggling with whether you should leave or not, I think you would agree with me. You, you're, you, you understood why I left. Yeah. Um, but, but you would have, if you could have done it differently, you would have wanted me to leave when you were early, when you were younger. Yeah. And I will, every conference or every anything that I've gone to with mom and just kind of been on the sidelines nine out of 10 times I have at least two moms or dads come up to me and ask me, you know, I don't know what to do about my kids. What was, how, like, how did you react when your mom left? And I will tell you, your kids are going to be okay. We figured out just like you do and we end up being okay, but we still need like, I don't know what I would have done if I had gotten out of my dad's house and my mom hadn't been there. There's so much to navigate through whenever you get out. Having somebody there that is, like she said earlier, 100% of the time, they are still going to love you and they're still going to be there for you and support you. That was the biggest thing that helped me whenever I moved down here with her. And I think that that's what the most important thing is for, for you out there thinking about it. You know, when I didn't, when I wasn't able to talk to you, uh, there was probably not a day that, that my kids didn't know that, that if they called me, mom wouldn't be there. And I always made sure they knew I loved them unconditionally. There was nothing they could do that could make me stop loving them. And if they ever needed me, I would be there. And I, I really felt like I held up to that Yeah. during that. And it's, it's, it's not easy. I can't, I can't even imagine what my poor mom had to go through after I had moved back in with my dad, but it's not easy and it might not take a week or two. It might be five years, but we do end up being okay. And we are glad that you're there at the end of it. You know, one of the other big things is when I was there with you, um, I thought I was protecting you. And and in the end, I couldn't couldn't protect you anyway. And and by the time I left, I knew I needed my girls to see his true colors because when they were 18, I wanted them to be able to make the decision on the relationship that they had with him and it not be clouded by anybody else's opinion. So Shiloh, what is the relationship that you have with your dad now? I don't have one. I, I tried to have one with him because I figured I wasn't living by him. He didn't have that control over me anymore. And, uh, there was one day he, I didn't answer his phone calls and he messaged me through Facebook and 
it was this horrible, horrible, ugly message. And I really don't even remember why he was so mad at me that day. I didn't live with him. I had my own stuff going on. And I remember I looked at that and I was, somebody asked me, they were like, well, do you really need to hear that in your life coming from him? And I blocked him on everything I have. He's tried to call me a couple times and I've never called him back and I've completely cut contact with him. So, so you like me, him in your life at any level is detrimental to yes. you. Yeah. And I think that that, that goes to show too, you know, when we leave these type of relationships, um, the goal is to get them out of your life and then decide what level they can be in. And, and Shiloh did try to get him back in her life and, and it did not work. It didn't. It was, it, for a time it was fine because you have, when you first get back into that, it's, it's the very friendly and the very nice. And then all of a sudden this switch flips and it was just back to the way it was. Yeah. Well, I am assuming since I kind of cornered her today and just drug her in here, um, I bet we'll do another podcast Yeah. because now that I've actually made her do one, I can see in her eyes, she wants to keep talking. <laughs> so Shiloh, thank you so much. And I'm so, you about made me cry. And I know the listeners, you probably had already figured out that this was one of my daughters. I love you so much. I love and you. I'm so proud of the person that you've become. Now it's, I'm going to cry. I know it's okay. But you guys, thanks for listening. If you do have questions about, you know, where the kids stand and what, what to do, obviously this is what I do for a living and I love every minute of it. I would never want to go relive it again, but I am grateful for everything I've been through. And I think, I think even Shiloh, if I ask you, you, I'm, I'm thankful for everything that I've gone through. Yeah, it was a lot and it was messy and it was ugly, but we are who we are. But now looking back, I, there's nothing in this planet I can't take on. Well, thank <laughs> you for being a good sport and and doing this with me because we've tried several times. Yes, I hope everything made sense. It was kind of, it was very spur of the moment. So I hope everything made sense for you guys. It'll be great. We'll talk to you again on here sometime soon. Yes. Hey, I'm Rachel. I found Dr. Heidi's podcast when I needed it most, as I was leaving an emotionally abusive marriage. Dr. Heidi validated my experience, made me feel less alone, and helped me start the healing that I could not have done alone. Dr. Heidi is now offering an exclusive members-only podcast, where you can submit your questions, listen to others going through similar struggles, and hear Dr. Heidi's never-before-shared personal story. To learn more, go to www.dr.heidi.com. It's not normal, it's toxic.com. Join her members only podcast. It's only $15 a month to get two bonus episodes every week, plus the chance to ask your questions to Dr. Heidi. Go to www.itsnotnormalitstoxic.com.